Thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. Please rate and review wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. We had the, I guess they're calling it the first race on like the typical track circuits in Europe this year, the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. Um, in recent, well, in history, on, it do has. You wanna, do you want to restate that with, Mon- with Monaco? We just had Monaco, didn't we? It's not a track race, though. <laughs> what? Monaco's it's a street. A it's a street. It's a street oh, race. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah. All right, I got you. I didn't see <laughs> like what the, you were doing there. Yeah, <laughs> you lost me. I didn't make it up. <laughs> the people on on Sky Sports made it up. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Every, Martin, every, every, like Monaco's not a real race, apparently. Every, yeah, that's just a yeah. well uh, race, quote unquote. It's not a race. <laughs> 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 wow, strong opinions already. Well, the, the Americans have a have a certain opinion about the Monaco Grand Prix that I guess people that have yeah, been watching it, it for so long don't feel the same with way a heavy, about. A heavy dose of history, but you know, go back and listen to our podcast from last week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, carry on, Jason. Anyway, so we're at Barcelona. Um, typically, has not been the best racing, but they made a change to the track this year, getting rid of that last little chicane um, going on. <laughs> and yeah, um, I, I think we're all happy about that. Yeah. I think they they introduced it, and then everyone forgot that the modification they'd made to the track actually made for terrible, terrible racing. And then someone like in the last six months realized that like, holy shit, we could just take that chicane out and everything would be way, way better. Yeah. Qualifying was interesting um, this weekend. Just like last weekend, we had a pretty mixed up grid. Um, But early on in the, the first session, we had the first impeding of the session with Pierre Gasly with what happened with Charles at Monaco, it was you know pretty evident that he was going to get a penalty for that eventually, um, if they were going to be consistent with it. Unfortunately for uh, our two M-named hosts, Charles was not able to make it out of Q1. Yeah, um, just the, couldn't get the car going, right, Mark? It was, the Ferrari was just just terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's a big question mark around it. It's why does Carlos get it going and Charles doesn't? But yeah, I mean, it's a big statement on just if you can't fire up the tires, clearly you're not in the, you know, you're not going to do it. Even Perez. I mean, look what happened to him, but we'll get to him in a second, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, very disappointing from Leclerc. And yeah, who knows, you know, where he goes from here. If he's losing confidence in the car, if he can't, if he can't trust it, you know, to, to, hang on around the corners or wherever, whatever he needs to, you know, get it around. He's been consistently faster than science, you know, for the past, you know, X number of years they've been racing together. Um, Whenever this stuff happens, I just like, I just keep having this feeling of (laughs) when is Charles just going to be like, I'm done with Ferrari. Like yeah. it's just not going right. Yeah, it's hard to walk away from Ferrari, right? Such a big team. You I think know that they're going to make the right move to make things better. We all thought, you know, Benotto is probably sitting on the sideline going, see, it's not, <laughs> not as easy as it looks, is it? You know, 
Um, yeah, I so, mean, where else would you go? Where do I you mean, go? Yeah, exactly. Where, where there's do no you one go? I mean, does the world of a Verstappen, Leclerc, Red Bull team exist? Who knows? That would be so ridiculously awesome. Even though I'm a Ferrari fan, that would be awesome. I don't know. Is is Leclerc the second best driver on the grid? Like you know, wouldn't like imagine Hamilton with with, with Verstappen? That's not going to happen either. But Yuki, in a, in a, Yuki, Yuki. Yuki. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think I'm I could still... be. I don't think I could be subjected to Yuki radio messages for two hours. Like... Well, is he going to be yelling from the front of the grid? Uh, he's not a top team guy, purely based on radio messages. Oh, we have, we've never heard him from the front of the grid. You never know. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> he true. might. He might really calm down. Anyway, uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> Charles, but anyway, Charles does not did not have a good start to his uh, weekend for sure. No, no, he really did not. And then it was just usual suspects um, as the other guys out in Q one. Q two was spicy between the two Mercedes drivers. Um, it was just a weird moment with like Carlos coming in from the right and George moving over and not seeing Lewis coming up behind him, and Lewis loses part of his front wing and has to come into pit. Um, yeah. you don't see that all that yeah, often, especially on a track like this. See it very often, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know how much they can and can't see, you know, coming up behind them or what they know what's going on, you know, when cars yeah. are going at vastly different speeds sometimes. So maybe it was just a, I mean, you say the word racing incident, qualifying incident, I don't know. But um, yeah, thankfully no worse damage was done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is a really dangerous spot to have something like that happen i mean they're going yeah as fast as they're going on the track and uh what was it monza i think a couple of years ago i forget who lost the drs flap didn't close and as soon as he put on the brakes the car just went nuts maybe was yuki Ocon? was it yuki when they taped it shut I don't, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was Monza, you know, turn one, just flying down the straight DRS didn't yeah. close and the car just went out of control. So I, I, I thought the same, same thing could have happened there. It's surprising that nothing happened there. He was on the grass as they were about to go into braking, but yeah, yeah a bit of a scary moment. Yeah. But yeah, you're totally right. Luckily, nothing more, more serious happened there. Um, but some other big shocks not making it through, um, Checo out in um in the second session and he also had a little moment he didn't crash but he went off in the gravel um and you saw they they instantly went into adrian newey and and christian horner's face when that happened showing how concerned they were um and then george also not making out of that session so i mean there was a there was an issue right around whichever corner it was of cars spinning in the same spot and coming out onto the gravel and you know maybe the track was there was a damp spot or maybe yeah just the way the track was that part of the track that was relay or sort of rejigged. I don't know. Chain. Yeah. 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 That whole back section was changed. I would think it was turn 12 that they were all hitting like a little wet patch. Alonzo lost it there. So maybe that was what helped, what hurt some of these times, you know, if whether you could trust your car through that spot or whether you lifted a little bit just to guarantee that you got around, you know, I don't know. I'm just making it up, but yeah. um, there was something weird going on there. Lots of cars, uh, Coming a cropper, going over the curbs, breaking floors, you know. Yeah. It is, but how in the world, if you're Sergio Perez, like, 
Yeah, yeah you can't. Iowa, come on. What are you doing? You're not racing anybody except for Max, you know? Like, yeah, you can't yeah, there and just put a lap down. <laughs> I know it's easier said than done, but, you know. That's why they need the you get, you, towns you of Yuki. That up. They need the towns of Yuki in that spot. To, <laughs> to do that. Are you just trying to <laughs> gaslight us away from McLaren and, <laughs> and Lando? Just going to keep saying Yuki, Yuki, Yuki. He's a new guy now. Hey, I've always been on the Yuki bandwagon. Don't knock Yuki. Don't knock Yuki. Yeah. Yeah, Nick agrees. Yuki will be in Red Bull by next year. What else are they going to do? What else are they going to do? Yeah. A diamond in the rough for sure. Thank you. You didn't hear me say they were signing Leclerc? <laughs> Whoa, that's a, that's a pretty bold statement there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, it doesn't matter which drivers come and go. We still have to support Ferrari. It doesn't matter who they got driving the car. You don't get to switch along Very with true. Charles. They don't. They don't give Ferrari <laughs> seats away. So they've just got to stick with what no. they've got, unless uh, unless Lewis goes there. Obviously, yeah, Lewis to Ferrari. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, what is not a surprising thing to say is Max getting pole position again. Um, it just it seems wasn't even to... wasn't even close. It was like half no. a second. Uh, he yeah. didn't even finish his last lap. Yeah, uh, it, they knew it going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is. I think everybody was talking about it. this track is literally designed for the Red Bull car. You know, medium to high speed corners every single turn. They were going to dominate here no matter what, unless something went really yeah, bad. I mean, the thing is them, that so. the teams know a... this this track so well. I mean, obviously now they, they they've cut back on on the 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 preseason testing, but Barcelona they've still got so much data despite the fact that they've taken a corner out. They know this track, and there's just historically this track has had such terrible terrible racing because everyone knows it so well that we all yeah. kind of real we ev- going into this weekend everyone's always like oh, it's barcelona there's never any overtaking everyone knows what's going on i think taking that last couple of corners out has done like the world of good and just not having people test here meant that actually the racing was was decent now it's it's good yeah. it was an upgrade an upgrade on spanish grand prix of the the past 8 to 10 years or whatever how long however long it's been since they put that ridiculous chicane in yeah. Well, I think a lot of people were scared that it, like passing was going to be more difficult because you're not coming out of that last turn from a slow speed. But it also chews up the tires even that much more on a track that already chews the tires. Exactly. Up the yeah, ton. yeah. Like you're just getting two extra turns at even more speed that are and they're, and, and they're all they're all right handers. The high speed corners are all right handers, and yeah. so it meant that first of all. Yes, exactly. It meant that the tires were coming in to be more of a, a strategy play. And also, it meant that the DRS zone actually worked a little bit better because they had yeah. some speed going into the straight versus a chicane going into the straight, which meant that they didn't really have a whole bunch of space to make the DRS work in years past. Right. So, yeah, good a, a change for the better, I think, on that one. And I'm sure the drivers agreed. Like, I do a lot of sim racing and this is one of my favorite layouts, the historic layout, which is the old non chicane. Like that final section is just, it is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the actually it's not, it's a, a crazy circuit actually. And w- especially when you drive it, that the middle bit 
when it's like high speed over the brow right hander down into that long sweeping hair. Oh yeah. That's a really, really yep. cool piece of racetrack. One of the best on the on the on the season uh, for me. It was funny, I was I was at the swimming, not to digress at all, of course, but I was at the swimming pool at my, uh, where I live at the, uh, in the neighborhood. And of course I'm a formula one guy, right? So there was a guy and he had a, a vineyard vines shirt and you know, the whale logo on vineyard vines. I looked at that and I was like, holy shit. That looks like the Barcelona Grand Prix circuit. I don't. Yeah, that's a great. <laughs> you know how when, when you're starved of F1 action for for a while, you start seeing Formula One circuits and everything. I looked at the Vineyard Vine logo and I was like, Barcelona. <laughs> Sorry, I digressed for for a moment there. But... <laughs> great point. That's a great point. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. I don't remember who Pierre did this to, but he did a second impeding um during q3 uh first was carlos he got a pr- first was carlos this first was was carlos yeah. i don't know and then the second, the second one was Verstappen. yeah okay because the yeah. first well, one yeah, yeah. leclerc was there and he pulled away pulled aside to let leclerc through then he pulled him back in like someone said there's That's a ferrari right. behind right. you and he saw the ferrari let him by they didn't say there were two and then That's and right. then obviously Verstappen on the second one and um, Alonso's there on the radio going, oh, there's Gasly impeding Verstappen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. But, I mean, if Pierre hadn't impeded twice during qualifying, he had a great session getting all the way up into P4. Lando in P3 and Carlos in P2 um, was, was pretty incredible qualifying from them. I mean, they had the yep. benefit of some top guys being out, but still really, really great on them. Yeah, stroll out, stroll out, qualified Alonso for the first yeah. time in God knows how long. Yeah, I mean, there, there was a couple of guys that really struggled. A couple of guys that you wouldn't expect to be struggling in in Fernando, for whatever reason. Yep. Charles Leclerc struggled. Um, obviously, Perez had that issue where he just didn't want to turn left and um, <laughs> and put himself in the gravel. Um, so, you know, putting a few people back a little bit meant that there was a shot in, in Q3 for the likes of Lando and, and those guys. So, so good on them. It made it interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that was really it for qualifying. So we get to the race, um, a little under an hour in, they start looking at the, the dark clouds surrounding the track thinking maybe it'll start raining during the race it kept getting pushed back a little bit though so um it was looking like more and more it might not happen but they said it wasn't going to rain last week at monaco and it ended up pouring so um you never know when there's that conditions around the track um george oddly went off on the formation lap um you don't see that very often um, yeah i mean he said, said that, he said he was exploring wider lines 
you know, for the first, <laughs> for the first lap. I mean, yes, great. That you know, there's always the possibility of being two abreast, going through some corners and what have you. But that was, I, I think he was probably just fiddling with something, and he was just making excuses because, yeah. Yeah, it, but it did show that if you get offline, it is pr- quite slippery out there. And he probably did learn something yeah. from it. But putting your car through the gravel is never really going to do it any good because it's always going to cost mm-hmm. you a bit of time if you're upsetting the underneath of the car, given how uh, you know how sensitive those uh, those underfloors are. Yeah, absolutely. And then Charles and Logan were already starting P19 and P20, so they took a bunch of new parts and started from the pit lane. It, it made sense, especially for, for Charles at that point. Um, and it seemed to help him out during the race. So that was it during pre-race. We get to the race and Max is able to barely stay ahead of Carlos. Carlos had a really great jump and it, Max just, of course, outbroke him just that little bit and was able to stay ahead, but um, really good on Carlos. And he stayed pretty close on him for at least a, a, a little bit um for, for at least two turns yeah yeah <laughs> <It's> amazing <laughs> for these days that that's pretty good um <laughs> lewis and lando had some contact right at the start um lando obviously got some damage to his front wing and that totally ruined his race from p3 so that was disappointing yeah. Um basically the I guess uh science sort of slowed down behind Verstappen, who then slowed down Alonso uh, sorry, slowed down Hamilton and then yeah, I think uh, Lando just went right back into the back of Hamilton basically and Yeah, he kinda left himself out there a little bit and yeah. and yeah. he was he was tr- he I don't think he realized that Lewis was there. He was focused on on Carlos and trying to get up there and then didn't position himself properly. And, and like make that aggressive move that meant that he was going to be the guy who was going to claim that position. It just felt that he was kind of just hanging out there a little bit and he just basically yeah. got himself taken out the race, which is super unfortunate yeah, yeah. given the season that McLaren have had fantastic qualifying performance and to be there and ready. And, you know, on lap one, you find yourself having to pit and that's it. You're at the back of the grid, um, which is, you know, Bad for Lando, but great performance in qualifying. Um, but it meant that he wasn't really there to be competing come lap two, right? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think that they were saying pretty early on that people should not expect much from them, even from starting high up. Like, they were not very optimistic about the race. And even from P3, I think he was, they're even worried about getting in the points from there. Yeah. I mean, you, you, this kind of, you look yeah. at, um, in Miami with um, with K Mag, right? I don't want to, it's to say that McLaren are the same as Haas, but they're in that midfield battle, right? And they overperform given a, some circumstances in qualifying, right? And they have a great performance over a single lap. But just like the Haas, the McLaren just can't work <laughs> the tires during the race, which was yeah. obviously I, I had to sit out um, uh, the Monaco. But you look at how they performed, the McLarens performed on the, the Inter, Lando in particular, the, the Inter in Monaco, suddenly it, the car came to life. So the performance is in the car, but they just cannot figure out the tyres. And that was evident 
yeah. all throughout in that they can qualify and they get up there. But as soon as the race is on and they got to actually work the tires and keep the tires, they find themselves, you know, falling behind. Yeah. It sounds very familiar to Ferrari, right? I it mean, does. It really does. I mean, the tires seem to be the, the crucial factor in, in this rule set right now in that yeah. you have Ferrari who last year were amazing over a single lap and fell back. I think that they probably tried to work too much on their race pace at the detriment of their qualifying and then didn't really deliver on the race pace side of things. So they're qualifying further back and yeah. still not doing anything in the race. And, you know, Red Bull have just got it all figured out. Yeah. yeah. At least Max does. Um, <laughs> but Stroll Stroll gets a nice pass at the end of the lap and he's up into a podium position with where Alonso started that was that was really good on him um coming back after a couple pretty poor performances from him um you didn't really see much on the screen from George or or Joe but by lap 5 they had already each made up five places and they were both in the back of the top yeah, 10 George- George got a great start. Like I think when they back went back and showed his onboard, I think he he blew by three or four cars on the start yeah. uh, up to the first corner. He ended up taking the escape road on the first corner, but yeah, that's right. Um, it didn't give him. He went, you know, went down the the designated road around the bollard at the end, and he rejoined. He didn't gain any advantage. They looked at it and they checked, but yeah, he did it all off the start. He had a, he had a great start. Yeah, um, and then we really got to see how strong Red Bull's DRS really is. Um, on lap 10, it was Joe in front of Checo. They both had DRS and Joe passed, I mean, Checo passed Joe like he didn't have DRS on at all. Yeah. Um, it was just showing, it just, I don't understand how their DRS can be so much stronger than everyone else's. It just, um, I guess that's why I'm not in, they're not calling you up to be an engineer or a designer yet, Jason. No, not anytime soon, that's for sure. <laughs> Let's see. And then Max really just starts pulling away. He had we're at lap six thirteen. He had a six second gap over a six second gap on, on Carlos already, and he was on medium tires to everyone else being on soft tires. Um so it was really only gonna get more to his advantage as as time went on. Yeah. Um, so, and then Lewis was, was coming up on the back of Carlos and starting to get, get really close in DRS range. So it was looking like Max was really on his own in, in this one. And it was really going to be a fight for, for second place. Then we saw for half a lap or a whole lap, this great racing between Hulkenberg, Joe and Yuki, the three of them just tussling, going back and forth. And not hitting each other, so yeah. that was that was awesome. It's always great when you see three cars, you know, trying to fight for, for position. One guy attacking the guy in sort of the second position, attacking the guy in front. He doesn't quite get it, so he has to back out. But then that gives the guy in third, mm-hmm. you know, a chance to attack. He comes up alongside, you know, swap tries to swap in, um, yeah, all without to. touching. Yeah, it, it always makes for excellent racing. Um, yeah, I do. I mean. I hope this track layout sticks because it is more fun. I did wonder when they made it that it was probably going to reduce the fun of racing. So I I think the result of like the good racing we had today was more based on like just 
temperatures and just the wackiness of qualifying. Yeah. Uh, who knows? You know, maybe it'll be different next year, but I, I I don't know if we'll have as good a racing if it's just like a normal qualifying and everybody's in their right orders. I, I think it'd be a little bit more boring than, right. than we might have. I think tire choices also help too. Like because Checo started on the medium tires, he wasn't able to race through and shockingly the soft tires were able to hold on so well more than they're typically able to. Um, so I think that that had a, a large effect to at least yeah. the Mercedes in front really making a push and able to, you know, keep some other yeah, guys and back. The fact, the fact that it was like a, a you know, a two, a two stop or maybe even a three stop race, you know, like you said, with the tire wear, um, you know, it's not just a case of like, you know, one stop from put on your mediums, do one stop, put on your hards and just hang on till the end of the race. It wasn't yeah. one of those. There was a lot more strategy going on. There was a lot of people on different compounds at the same time, people on hards racing against people on softs, um, you know, helps to mix things up a little bit. Although yeah. it doesn't seem to matter what Verstappen has, he can have a supposedly slower tire. Yeah. He still pulls out ahead of all these guys on softs. So, you know, what do we know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then eventually around lap 16 is when the guys on soft tires start pitting or some of them do Carlos pits from P2. Um, he drops back behind Charles. Um, but Lewis says that he's feeling good on the tires and George says the same thing. And they're, they're saying we should, we should stay out for a little bit longer. Um, Charles ends up pitting on the next lap. He drops back down to P18. He didn't move. Who Charles? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he I didn't get anything going at all. I don't, I don't understand. It's very confusing. I have no answers. I haven't watched any post-race interviews, so I don't know if there was more information that came out, but it wasn't happening for him this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say the car was right. I know they didn't find anything as far as I'm concerned, but there was something going on. Like, that's not Charles. Yeah. yeah. You know, he just, he didn't move. Yeah. It took him, you know, a few laps to pass every car in the first 10 laps, which there's no way that should happen, especially at this track, you know, maybe a slow speed track, but high speed corners, a team like Ferrari with all that wind tunnel time, they shouldn't be struggling to get around other teams in the back yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he didn't even get by Sergeant initially. It took him like a couple yeah. of steps to do that, even at the yeah. beginning, you know, um, sorry, yeah. Logan, but yeah, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, we 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 coined Logan as Latifi 2.0 last week, so um, <laughs> it's, it's not going great for him so far. Um, all right, lap twenty five, and finally Lewis pits from P two. What is this like? Ten laps later than Carlos had decided to pit from the softs, um, and he comes out just ahead of Alcon, who was in P seven. So. Um, it was looking like staying out was working for them, at least. Um, George pit on the next lap, and he also came out ahead of Ocon, so right behind Lewis. Um, but he had to defend right away. Ocon re- was right behind him. And then Max eventually pitted right after them. Um, so everyone has pit at that point. Um, Max and Lewis are still 1-2 after the pits, um, which is they they'd pulled out a pretty good, a pretty good gap. Um, and all oh, right. And then we heard George say over the radio that he saw rain at turn five, um, which got everyone all, 
all excited in the commentary and um I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. But you you heard everyone else like nobody is nobody else feels rain. You see Christian Horner like reaching out over under the uh whatever they they call that where they sit. Um the pit, yeah, he was on the pit the wall. He had his hand out, yeah. yeah, trying to feel for raindrops. And then a few laps later you hear him say like, "Oh, I guess it was like sweat trickling down from my face." I thought it was a joke at first, but um yeah, usually, usually the rain is on the outside of the helmet, not the inside of the helmet, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I heard him explain it afterwards and he said like he you have to wait until there's a moment to like feel it and he realized he went to like wipe it off his visor and it was still on there right. so he realized it was coming from the inside um but weird i had never heard of anything like that at all some of the other drivers were joking about that after the race too so that was that was pretty funny um and then george russell made a really nice move on on carlos down into uh turn one it was barely able to make it stick but was able to uh to make it work and that put him into p3 with Mercedes having a two uh, P two and two P three, um, did not see that coming into the weekend. It's looking like their big upgrade change is um, working for them yeah. so far in the race. Mercedes have definitely, yeah, they've definitely improved significantly. You know, from the start of the season, um, you know, as much as they've improved, like maybe you know the Astons have, you know gone gone nowhere it's hard to say how much the red bulls have improved just because they were out front before and they're still out front they're still miles out front so yeah. they've probably improved as well but it's harder for us to quantify it um but yeah the mercedes definitely um maybe maybe they could have done more in uh you know uh imola if we'd had that race we that was one where they were supposed to bring some of these changes and maybe yep. they don't show up as much in monaco so uh they missed the opportunity maybe to even score some points there have they said um, that that race is not going to happen? I don't know what the news is on on uh, that actually. Yeah, whether I haven't heard anything. I, it's hard to find a spot to reschedule it with all the logistics yeah. that goes around hosting yeah. a Formula One race. You can't just you know reschedule it for a different day. But I don't yeah. know, pay maybe possibly. <laughs> like, um, I don't know which weekend it would even be. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense if they did it around Monza if there was a break around there, but. I have not looked that far. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Mercedes because a lot of people keep talking about how uh, Red Bull, you know, is going to be handicapped by the fact that they don't have as much wind tunnel time since they won last year. And now how the, you know, the percentages filter out. Well, you know, Mercedes was second place, you know, like if Red Bull's, I think I heard for this weekend that Red Bull's biggest upgrade was coming this weekend. And from the rest of the year, there wasn't really going to be much coming. So how much more is left in Mercedes? You know, like if this was their big package, I would imagine big packages come with big prices. Are they are they almost done? Are they done? You know, where are they going to yeah, go from the rest it, of the It makes year? me think, though, that like, and the more I think about it, the more I realize that this penalty that Red Bull had for breaching the budget cap so that they could get like a real head start on this rule set really was not fit for the crime. Yeah. They exceeded the budget. They should have been made an example of. It should have been much worse. Because really, at the end of the day, they've they've gained so much of an advantage that development time to extend their advantage this season 
isn't really a penalty at all because they've made so much progress that it, yeah. it, it, it it's not a punishment. The the only way it will benefit the other teams is if they're able to really get by the end of the season are really pushing for wins, and then it would be like the real fight next season. But for this season, it makes it seems to make no difference. Yes, yeah. what they should have done, the penalties that they should have had, is that they have to drive into a wall and then get lifted up on a crane and like move and uh, in the paddock, and so everyone can get a view of what's going on underneath their car. <laughs> so. Oh wait! <laughs> well, if it had happened a little earlier in the season, maybe it would have helped. But they should have been positioned yeah. better. Um, Sergio might lose his job over that. Oh, alone. Yeah. I mean, they, they, did you see the pictures of? Obviously, you had the Red Bull and the Mercedes, which, are, but then the Williams. I mean, I, I, one of my good friends works for Williams, so I don't <laughs> want to say too much. But wow, they're way behind in terms of just the yeah. sophistication underneath the car. Um, it was really interesting to see some of those underfloor shots. Yeah, the memes were great. <laughs> yeah, Twitter was having fun with that. We were kind of expecting from what they were saying on the radio that the Mercedes were going to try and make this a one-stop race, which is, you know, almost never happens here. But then they came in earlier than the other guys up in, up in the top 10. Um, and it obviously paid off for them. George Pitt from P3 back on the soft tires, which were working really well early on. And then a few laps later, Lewis and Checo also pit from um, P2 and P3 at that time. Lewis didn't lose a spot again and Checo dropped back behind and George was back up in the uh back up in the podium positions and they're looking pretty comfortable at this point 51 laps in it was around this time as well that um it wouldn't be a formula one race i don't think without some sort of ferrari mismanagement that i think they brought leclerc in um around lap 41 or so there was an indecision around which tires to put him on like box like box onto the hards he says no stay on the soft and then they say, okay. And he says, it's still boxed then? And they're like, yeah, 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 box, box. So he comes in and then they put the hard tires on anyway. <laughs> and send them back out, which he hated. So, you know, check. You know, if you've got your race bingo card, you know, Ferrari's management, you know, is your free square. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> notice though that, that Carlos went soft, medium, hard. They went with the SMH strategy. <laughs> 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 Did you come up with that yourself? No, I, I was I did. I was sitting in the lounge in, in Charlotte right. watching the end of the race. He's like, they've gone soft, medium, hard. That's so hilarious. <laughs> Just gets progressively slower as the race goes on. <laughs> it's like yeah, as the pit wall yeah, slowly does what the tire strategy did. Yeah. Gunning for fourth, right there, gunning for fourth. <laughs> That's too funny. And then we got a little bit of classic Esteban and Fernando action um, down down that pit straight. That was naughty. I think I didn't. I did not like that at all. Fernando so didn't mind it. Uh, who didn't? Fernando. Fernando. Because because the thing is though, when you look at the the shit they, they sorry the stuff that they used to do back in the day before everything got sanitized, they were doing that stuff to each other all the time. You 
you've just got to think back to I think it was Michael Schumacher when when Rubens had gone to Williams. I think that's kind of in my mind, and I forget where it was, but he was basically trying to run him into the wall at the exit, the you know, just by the pit exit wall. They used to do that stuff all the yeah. time. And when you watch some of the races from a few years ago, the cars were way more nimble and they were darting about the track all the time. Now it just seems like that someone does a move like that and then people complain. And then... Well, it, uh, it's, for good, it's for good reason. <laughs> you know, cars crash, people get hurt. You know, it's an expensive sport. Oh, when I were a lad, there were... Drivers die in every week, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough. But, but yes, it, yeah. it it wasn't good. But you know, Fernando kept his he kept his foot in it. He had two tires on the on oh, the absolutely. grass. He did. He, he did great. Bit of luckily, time. nobody was coming out the pits at the time. You know, so there was not not a yeah, listen, the car there. Alonso is clearly like I don't know drop an acid before race weekend <laughs> whatever, whatever it is so like fun. this is not the fernando alonso that yes. we've known for the last it's 20 like years like you know somebody could look at him the wrong way and he'd be flipping out so it is very interesting just the happy-go-lucky like but it's been a bit of a trend right like magnuson came back alonso came back hulkenberg came back like all these guys are coming back and just all of a sudden their personalities are just way more positive than it was prior. So it's interesting to see. Um, I guess I get a little bit of why, but at the same time, it's no, I mean, it's, interesting. It's a, it's a fair point. It's a real, it's a, it's a really good point. I mean, these guys who come up, they start karting when they're six or seven years old. All they've ever known is just like that hunger, that thirst to just be like elbows out on everyone going to get to f1 and then when they're in there it's like to stay there is harder than it is to even get there when you get to be someone like fernando and uh, to a certain extent kevin but you know k mag he 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 was kind of you know he didn't make his decision to step away and come back but that time away to put everything into perspective really does help like them like manage the race understand what's going on I mean, to an extent, but of course, that's a tough game to play because if you're an F1 driver, it's like, yeah, I'm going to go in there for three, four years and I'm going to take a year off. You know, that's the most millennial approach to everything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it does bring that sense of perspective into a lot of things. They've had some time away to look at it and analyze just everything about what it is to be a Formula 1 driver and then go, okay. I've stepped away for a bit and I get it. Well, you, you could see that with Magnus and Hulkenberg, but it's really interesting to see it with, with Alonzo, who he stepped away not to like step away from racing and, you know, reduce his life stress. He went to Indy. He went to IMSA. You know, he was in the top racing against other categories and then comes back. I mean, thankfully, He's at a team for him anyways, at a team that's giving him a car that he can do what he's doing. Um, but it's it's just it's a little odd, you know. You don't expect that from Alonzo. I mean, I guess when this the team boss is the son, like okay. But I'm I'm <laughs> really curious to what Fernando is gonna be like next season or towards the end of this season, when it's not just gravy and everyone's super excited because they're overperforming where they thought yeah. they were gonna be. Right? It's yeah. you know. When if if things start if Max 
doesn't finish a couple of races and the development cap on Red Bull means that they lose ground relative to the field, mm-hmm. in particular to Aston Martin, because they were the ones that finished a little further down the field. They've got a little bit more in reserve in terms of wind tunnel time and all of that through the rest of the season. If it starts getting a bit bitey at the end, you know, the last three, four races, is Fernando going to be as chill? Colors. No way. And he well, was pretty he was pretty chill at Alpine at first too. And it changed by the end of the last year. So But I mean we'll see. He ended up what? He ended up <clears throat> he ended up behind uh Lance after that move, right? After he got by Ocon. Mm-hmm. Um right. and uh he said, I'm not attacking, you know, I'm not attacking uh, Lance, I'm just gonna drive around behind him and you know, no worries there, mate. You know, that's just yeah, bring, it, it, bring it, it home. It, the, the the podium wasn't on, the win wasn't on. He's he's not fighting for the title. And he did some damage to his car earlier. Yeah, and, and so team. he's like, all right, it's for the team at this point, which is a side of Fernando yeah. that no one's ever seen before. Everyone's scratching their heads going, Fernando's actually kind of cool, which no one ever said yeah. before because he was just like so all about his thing. And uh, yeah, it... It, it's good, but as soon as as soon as things start to get meaningful, it's going to change. Um, yeah, but it, 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 the the perspective, like we were just talking about, of, of what's meaningful, what so, is right? meaningful versus what is not. I mean, that's that's the the difference, I think. Yeah, and with that 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 pass when Ocon, you know, moved to this moved to the right, and you know, Fernando went into the grass, but Ocon didn't get any kind of penalty for that right no it was just a racing incident that he did not no yeah i think it was because it was and... a single sweep across it wasn't like a, yeah. a jink jink it wasn't a double it wasn't move. a double move yeah. it was a little bit late but it wasn't it wasn't double and it wasn't in the braking zone yeah um checo tried to chase down george but he was not able to and Max got his thirtieth win, I think. Yeah, it, 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 it looked 30th. like it at one point. It looked like because obviously Checo pitted later, and he and everyone who'd had fresher tires was making really good inroads on people ahead of them. So it felt like the Checo charge was was going to come, and it was going to be a battle at the last couple of laps. But it just it just didn't happen. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I, I I like Checo. He's he's good. I I just he's got the best car, and so I want him to be challenging Max. But it just didn't happen, um, which is great for obviously the the uh, the Mercedes. But um, to be fair though, on Checo, he did have a bit of an uphill a bit of an uphill battle, didn't he? Starting from where yeah, to get for, to get to fourth. Yeah. Um. So where did where did he finish? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. So. Can you imagine if that was Max that started where Checo start, uh, started and finished fourth, or Lewis a few years ago started where Checo started and finished fourth? Oh, you'd be know, like, like oh, the, the comment is, oh, what a, what a drive. You know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, but it, it, that part's a bit frustrating that they don't just call a spade a spade in the sense that, like, you know, 
Well, Max is saying, either call it the car or don't praise it at all. You know, pick one or the other, but don't just. Well, yeah, and, and that was it. When the commentator was saying, well, when you're in the same car as Max Verstappen, you've got to finish second. It's like, yeah, if you finish, if you start, if you qualify in the top five, you have to finish second. Right. But you, you start, you know, you qualify back there, you're starting. It's like, guys, I mean, it, it, for me, this was a great race for Perez. I thought he was. Right up there. I mean, I, I, obviously, he's won some races, but this was a great race for him. He finished I mean, fourth. Technically, technically, though, Russell started 12th, right? So well, he started, Russell's no, started behind no, him. You know, Russell started behind Perez and finished ahead of him. You know, yeah. so you, could, you could say that. And Max has set the bar so high that Max can start anywhere on the grid, and he still expects to win. So, mm, right. you know, with those goggles on. But we weren't, you know. But my comment about Checker was that, he started back there and he finished fourth. That's a good result. However, if you're talking about who did really well today, George did better. Yeah, yep. he did. Yeah. Um, to continue my uh, my uh, radio Formula One radio uh, bingo analogy, <laughs> there was another one that I saw after the race, which was between Max and the pit wall. So where the pit wall's trying to calm Max down and just get him to bring it home, but uh, he's having none of it. So he asks the pit wall, what's the fastest lap? They're like, Checo's got the fastest lap. Okay, what was it? It was like, you know, 16-7 or something like that. And they're going, just calm down. you got a massive lead. Just bring it home. And then he goes, what was my fastest time? And they're like, you know, 16-9. Again, just calm it down, Max. No need to go for it. The next lap, he throws down like (laughs) 16-2, fastest lap. And he'd already had his black and white flag at that point. He'd already exceeded track limits like three times. They reminded him of all of this. Yeah, but the thing is, though, it's like radio. we don't want to it. take any risks because we got a black and white flag. But and so if you yeah. if you go over track limits, it's going to cost you five seconds of your twenty five seconds, seconds lead. Twenty five <laughs> second lead. Well, you can't you can't go you can't get the fastest lap by exceeding track limits. He knows that at least they'll de- they'll delete the time, right? So, but he had, at least he's got. But stay. he probably had two goes at it. He had two laps left. <laughs> So, <laughs> and he had to go for what do they call it? The triple crown. Yeah, the he slam. led the grand slam. He, the grand slam, whatever the yeah. perfect weekend, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there yeah. wasn't a session he wasn't fastest, but let alone qualifying. Lap, lap, led every lap, fastest lap, fastest in practice, every practice, and he led every lap in the race. You know, yeah. and then they and he finishes once again twenty plus seconds down the road as he's done or as a Red Bull has done every single race this year, a bar one when it finished, finished behind the safety car. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard to see, you know, beyond the, 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 the wind tunnel time that you're talking about and people improving their cars and Red Bull being stuck. Uh, it's hard to see how things are going to change yeah. anytime. Yeah. Soon. I mean, I think that, that I didn't, I think there needs to be an engineer revolution. Yeah. Like, well, I get why we praise Max. I get why we, you know, Adrian but, Newey, how is Adrian Newey not like? <laughs> but it's like Martin. Martin Seriously, and I, we've been saying this. For years, and I think we've mentioned it yeah. more than once on this podcast. It's like Ferrari were trying to poach Adrian Newey. They were never yeah. going to poach Adrian Newey. What everyone needs to do is figure out how much it would cost to take Adrian Newey out of the equation and just retire him. <laughs> put him. 
put them on the beach. I think Ferrari should basically put all their money into cloning technology and like just you know, follow Adrian Newey around and try Bad to GDP. Right, get some of his some of his hair or something. They, like that would they, probably be the best use of fifty million pounds of, of yeah. budget. They, they send some <laughs> lovelies to the hotel to try and get the, the, the glass with his fingerprints on and all of that. <laughs> um one other one other thing <laughs> that we didn't mention, and I'm not sure you know about this, Jason, so I hope I'm not the bearer of bad news because I noticed in your notes I had to make a quick change, but um, Yuki and Joe had a little battle on like lap 50. They did. Yeah, I did not notice so. that. You did, that's, and, you and that's when I was I talking about the double move versus the whatever. So, yeah, good, yeah. you picked up on that. So, uh, yeah, so Joe tries to go around the outside of Yuki at turn one, um Zoe ends up going down the escape road like Yuki sort of you know runs him wide as it were um and uh, holds the position but they the stewards determine that that was uh Yuki's fault and p- penalize him five seconds so when did he... takes him all the way from from nine down to 12th yeah. I think 12 yeah yeah and there's a there's a there's a shot of him in his overalls sitting down against the wall at the end of the race, just looking. I mean, sad is an understatement, but you know, mm. dejected. Because uh, I think Yuki I mean, had a good race. I mean, at, at, away from that, right? He's there. been his car is terrible. It, it is. Yeah. It's the second worst car. Really? Yeah. It's the second worst, and he's like eleventh, 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 and then like the, yeah. for the first few races, picking up the last of the points. I had Yuki um, in my Coops F1. I was like, I'm putting Yuki at 10th because <laughs> you, he's got yeah. one of the worst cars, but he's making it work. And I mean, I've been a bit of a Yuki detractor over the first year or so that because he doesn't really try very hard. And, you know, he was a bit behind, um, behind Pierre. But Pierre's gone Quite to Alpine and he's not really making inroads on, uh, on uh, Esteban. But without this, without Pierre hanging over Yuki, Yuki's shining. He's doing a really good job. Yeah, I think. It's, uh, he, but yeah. how do we not ask the question of if Pierre was still there? Do we think he would be equal, worse, t- or significantly better than Yuki? Like I, I can't help but not ask that question. That Pierre was dominating dominating yuki weekend and by the the same token though should we be saying though that the reason we think the alpha tori is so bad is because of nick devries and if pierre gasly was in the car everyone would be saying well they're like they're above mclaren i don't know they might be anyway I think if Pierre was there and it was Yuki, P- Yuki and Pierre, I-, I think you're right. I think people aren't calling the AlphaTauri the worst car, or you know, or that bad. That that's my only thing is you know, suddenly from the beginning of the year till now, everybody's kind of been looking at Yuki as like, wow, he's really stepped up. He's doing great. Well, he's he's racing Nick DeVries, who has done nothing, unfortunately, for him. Yeah, tough call, but. It's just it's tough for me to jump on Yuki's bandwagon, even though things have been going well. And I agree. Like it does seem like he's punching above his weight, but 
if Pierre was there, I, I, it might be a vastly different story for me. Yeah. You could be a Red Bull next year. It's all right. <laughs> have, you we'll got, you put, have you put your uh, Alpha Tauri order, order in? All the, all the gears no. on its way to your house right No, now. but I, I do have a new McLaren hat coming. I got the, the Monaco livery. Uh, oh, I like that one. Yeah. That one is nice. Yeah, I, I found it on Fanatics for like twenty two bucks. They had like a huge deal on it, so <laughs> can't know. give them away, Jason. They can't give them away. I know. It's like, <laughs> please, it was like seventy percent off. So like, just trying to get as much money as they can right now. Buy low, buy low, sell yeah. high. <laughs> so I mean, I we talked about Max, obviously a winner, Mercedes. Obviously, a winner. Um, a really great weekend from them after their upgrades. I put Aston as a loser on on the weekend. Um, they dropped behind Mercedes and the constructors, who now took the second spot. Um, I mean, it was better from Stroll from what we've seen the past few weeks, but um, it just looked down on down on performance for them. Disappointing, and then obviously <laughs> McLaren is a loser. I want to say that the bulk of this weekend came down to tire temperatures and being able to activate the tires because it seemed like the theme in quality and it kind of carried over into the race. Um, The only question mark I have about that is like Ferrari's typical challenge is that they overheat the tires. So they're good in quality, but then they just can't last in the race pace. So it was... I mean, I, Carlos did okay, but it was very strange what was going on with Charles that he just couldn't find that race pace. Yeah. I totally thought he was going to steam through the field. At least there was a bottom 10. I mean, yeah. so that that part was a bit odd, but I, I, I still will hold on to, I think most of what happened this weekend was the cooler temps and just not being able to fire them up. Yeah. Who knows? I would think the cooler temps would, would help them though with degrade with the tires degrading and whatnot right yeah but martin you got a coupe stuff for us yeah i mean you mentioned nick uh, coupes f1 so when i put the coupes f1 results in today i didn't realize that uh you know he's got his penalty so yeah initially it looked uh it looked very good for you um you you made a, a jump up but unfortunately when i made the adjustments um yeah you you dropped back down so Top scores this week. Um, a little depressed, you know, just because you know Perez was obviously a lot, a lot lower than people. We should have put him in second, and you know Alonso dropping back. But uh, we got Jerry Garza with two hundred seventy-three points. Kennedy with two hundred sixty-eight points. They were the top scorers. Um, overall standings: um, Louis Gooey, I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, take moves up three spots to the <laughs> first. Jason, you you dropped a spot. Back down to fourth, so still yeah. hanging in there. Um, and then Nick, you dropped uh, five spots down to eighteenth. But I would say, you know, Mark prancing, prancing to first, up twenty-seven spots to to wow. twenty-one overall. You know, so you are hooking up the tires, I guess. We see we're going to use that <laughs> analogy. You're getting something out of the car. Um, so yeah, good for you. Uh, the less Gary Garza jumping up 45 spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some big, some big movers, uh, up, up the list. Uh, the less well, what did you say the top points for the weekend were? What's that? Like two. Who scored the most something. for the weekend? Yeah. 273 Jerry Garza. So he went up 45 right, spots. Joe, 
Jojo 109111 went up 71 spots, but just that's only up to 61st. So they're sort of way, way back moving their way up. And uh, as for myself, like I have to scroll, 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 (laughs) scroll. I dropped 27 points down to 126. So, uh, yeah, I'm the... I don't know. I'm the Lando Norris of the, of the no, weekend. No. I, I'm, I'm, good start. <laughs> I'm shocked how like the top 10 spots don't seem to move that much, which I would think at the beginning of the season, you know, it would be hard to just keep stability. But like, you know, you look at the top, what, 15, 13 spots and they've only moved, you know, single digits. That, that's a bit surprising that they're only moving a little yeah, bit. It's, it's it's hard, you know, once you once you're behind, you got that little padding, you know, it's hard to hard yeah. to break in. I mean, there's a hundred point difference from say first to uh where Nick is in in eighteenth, you know, that's that's a third of a half or a third of the points that you get for a race. So it's hard to make that up. Jason, where'd you start the season? Like after week one or two, like were you top 10, top 15? Yeah, I was in the top 15, 20. Yeah, these guys, yeah they were always around. I was up there and I've dropped way back, way back. Uh, it's just hard not to put, you know, those big six guys up there. I think I'm still on the, I've got to get off the Aston Martin bandwagon. I have them too high. And Ferrari, of course, as well. I have them too high. You know. And it started tough with Saudi Arabia and Australia with, cars going out and really low scores and then, that was a low scoring race yeah yeah that, that was the one that was there's a part of me that wants to like take a chance and guess some freak di- you know stuff but it's like if you're wrong you're just gonna lose so much to the leaders that you you, you almost can't take that chance yeah. part of the game that's part of the game yeah. yeah part of me wants to do that too like put people that i want to win up further but realistically not having Red Bull one, two just doesn't make sense. It's hard to get away from it for sure. For sure. All right. And then we got two weeks, two weeks off till back, back to the United States again. Oh, sorry. Back to North America. again. I should say to Canada. Back to Canada. Anybody going to the race? I wish. I'm going to start thinking about it. Uh, It's been many years since you've been there, but a great race to to go to. If everybody's uh, gets a chance to go. I was looking to get general admission tickets but you and nick told me that was a bad idea because there's nowhere to see from ga in the it's tough i mean if you're just gonna go and enjoy the weekend and it doesn't cost you too much money why not you know you get to you know see and feel and smell the the action it's easy to get to the uh, to the track from the city but i don't know what i don't know what they're trying to charge you for a ticket these days we used to pay about 100 bucks yeah we used to pay like that for a a seat in the the hairpin for all all three days or all four days. So yeah. I'm wondering after two seasons of Red Bull dominance that the tickets might go back down a yeah, little bit. Could be. Because you think yeah. about it like coming right out of the pandemic, 2021 season, and it's like one of the best seasons ever, right? Yeah. Um at least battle wise up at the front it was, and that brought a lot of people in, and now we're getting just Red Bull wins nonstop. Thanks for listening to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix. And look out for our review of the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.